man, I guess would eccentric hats get me there? (laughs) 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 Where can't eccentric hats get you, Scott? Better, the podcast where we hitchhike our way through Wikipedia. I'm your host tonight, Tim, and with me are my uh, folk performers. Oh, wow. Uh, I am Kentucky Kyle. Ooh. I'm Bluegrass Sky. Ooh, nice job, Sky. I'm so proud Bluegrass of you. Bluegrass Sky. You did it. I don't know why that's so good. I think it's the it Sounds like, yeah, it's like a good album name, too. Like, Wow. Uh, like a good country album name. I think we're just done with the podcast. Yeah, good night. That was perfect. Sky, I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> I did a good one. What we do here is we, uh, like I said, hitchhike our way through Wikipedia. We start on a page, and uh, using the links found on that page, hop from page to page until we reach our destination. And tonight, I'm having Sky and Kyle start on mummers play oh, and reach the destination bloomers what so we're going from mummers to bloomers i see i don't yeah. know what you're talking about those bloomers, are like the pants i know no, no no hold on bloomers i got that one i understand what's did you just say mummers m-m-u-m-m oh you're for a treat yep m-u-m-m-e-r-s mm-hmm this is a thing I didn't know. Oh, oh my. Oh yep. my. <laughs> so, uh, in our journey from mummers to bloomers, we're going to decide who starts tonight by talking about boomers. Good. Baby boomers. Oh, I thought you meant fireworks. Oh, I wish I did. That would have been good. <laughs> can, you, can you just whip something up? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> okay. I have another one of my little fact-based games. Okay. Uh, so I would like you to give uh, your answers to me uh, through uh, Discord. Uh, text them to me. Sure. And uh, whoever gets the most is going to go first tonight. Oh, and yeah. these are, of course, all just sort of like closest or, you know, uh, just make it so that there is a winner. Okay, so uh, just to make sure, we are talking about people, baby boomers, born between 1945 and 1965. Sure. I mean, by some general by some general decision, yes. Yep. About how many people make up the baby boomer generation? I'm gonna look real dumb. Um, uh, technic- I can't. Uh, I can't even say you're right because that's mean. <laughs> I don't think said so. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Is this in the U.S.? Yes. Uh, let's see. Yeah, baby boomer. I guess baby boomer isn't really considered a thing outside of the U.S. because this corresponds to post-war in America usually. I oh geez, I am I I'm gonna just this is just a stab in the dark type guess. So Kyle being optimistic with four, four you say four million? That is what I'm saying. I'm I'm assuming like the population of a city ish. Oh Total? Uh, Sorry. Sky says 45 million. Whoa! The correct <laughs> answer is about 77 million. Dang. Yep. Yeah. Rivaled only by the millennial generation, which is roughly about the same size. Well, I guess, I mean, their whole thing is about how they boomed, and like, there's a lot yep. of them. 
Yeah, I so. guess I yeah, I was thinking incorrectly on that. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Which state has the highest percentage of baby boomers? I mean, Tim. We're going to go by closest state. Uh, this has to be a trick question. <laughs> Sky, I think we're both we're going to answer the same state. <laughs> Mm, we're gonna go by closest well i think he's saying proximity proximity sure yeah or if you get the second or third place answer i'll give it to you oh okay that's good too (laughs) oh wow okay (laughs) yeah this is gonna i'm i think i think i know which one of you is is gonna be closer so kyle said florida Uh uh-huh yeah and right Sky said California. Oh! <laughs> I was like, well, if, if it's not, then I'm going over here. The correct answer is Maine. Ah, dang it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think when you when you say Florida, I think you're thinking of a lot of greatest generation people. Oh my gosh, yeah, Tim. I don't even... <laughs> yep. Uh, so Maine has 36.8%, followed oh. closely, closely by New Hampshire and Montana. That's it's because they all watched Newhart go, growing up. That's yeah. what it is. So you are you are tied for uh at one apiece right now. Okay. About how many baby boomers on average Oh man turn sixty five each day? <laughs> oh no. How many oh, no. on average and, and how many are currently alive? Is that what you said? What was the forty five wait, what was the total? 77 million? Yeah. Okay. How many on average turn 65 each day? 77 oh, million. Yeah, divided, all of them. All at the same time. By... Oh, no. I, 90. 100% of them. They all. Divided by 365. Oh, no, actually, we could math this out because if we take the but years they have to that be, they. But they have to be alive, though. Oh, right? dang it. You're right. Oh. Adjust for deaths, early Adjust. deaths. <laughs> Let me take out a couple million just for... <laughs> and I'm going to uh, go with... I'm actually going to stick... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say this again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, shoot. What? No, just a minute. Oh, I know that I'm wildly wrong, Tim. I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing it for the for the for the joke at this point. I've adjusted my answer if that's acceptable. For deaths. Sure. Uh are you sure you don't want to adjust your answer, Kyle? Uh no. No, I'm good. <laughs> Kyle says four million people a day yep. turn sixty-five. <laughs> a lot of birthdays. Sky says 10,000. A lot of Shonies out there getting... The correct uh, answer is 10,000. Really? Yes. Wow. Sky! Congrats. So what I did was, I originally said uh, Mm 170,000. I realized that 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 would be if they were all born in the same year. I'm like, wait, I got to divide that by like 20. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. Nicely done. Sky. Yeah, I'm going to shut it down now. Sky wins. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> a couple more facts here um, from this list. Uh, they take initiative. A member of the baby boomer generation is twice as likely to create and own a business than a millennial. Oh, geez. Boy, I wonder why. you think? I wonder why. Uh, all, it must be. I wonder if it's 
yeah, I don't know, money passed down by parents. Mm. Wealth. That probably wow. has something to do with it. That's mm-hmm. that's what initiative is, right? That's mm-hmm. th- but no, they it's because uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I've been on record on this on our podcast before, but I think the generation, the whole generation thing is complete BS and it makes me very upset. Well, uh, while most baby boomers married relatively young before the age of 25, only two thirds remain married today. Hmm. Uh, Boomers contribute the majority of positive feedback online. Mm -hmm. That includes both product and service reviews. Oh, 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 reviews. (laughs) Yes, yes. That yes, that's true. Consumerism, yes, true. Because if you go to my my folks' fe- uh, Facebook page, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, Sky, you win today, and we are starting on Mummers Play. Nice work, Mummers Sky. Play. Thanks. Because I was thinking of maybe mummies for Halloween. I'm on, I'm on my game. Oh, is that <laughs> what I was? Doing? I got game, tired of mummies, out, so I like, went to Mummers. I- this one should come out like on Halloween oh, if I do my job right. <laughs> nah, you're fine. Ah, uh, Mummers. So they're folk plays performed by troops of amateur actors. I remember reading about these in history. Wow. They just like hang outside cathedrals and do like religious plays. That's how the mm-hmm. locals learned about religious stories. I thought it was. I thought that happened when you actually went to it the was, church. It was the original Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, nice. Yeah. And there wasn't TV, so people would actually like, stop and pay attention. <laughs> uh, it refers particularly to a play in which a number of characters are called on stage, two of whom, whom engage in combat. The loser being... <laughs> Wait, the, what? The loser being revived by a doctor character. Oh, this wait, I'm sorry. It's found associated with a sword dance, though both also exist in Britain independently. I'm sorry. Wow. I initially heard that because uh, doctor there is capitalized. And yeah. immediately I was like, why is doctor who in this page? This must be vandalism. And I'm like, no, well, no, wait, hey, there are just actual doctors. If you <laughs> scan uh, a little bit down the page. Oh, boy. You'll oh find boy. a photo that's uh, it's captioned. The doctor brings St. George back to life in a 2015 it's, production by the St. Albans Mummers. It's it does have a, it has and a that scarf. is doctor who. Yeah, that's a doctor who scarf. Yeah. There's a lot going on in this image. Wow. Or maybe it's not. Maybe that's just a scarf. No, I think it's just a <laughs> scarf. I was making a joke. I don't think this guy. This is. I don't know if this is a real Doctor Who man. Oh my gosh! I think you might be the right. The guy behind has a lot of colors too, and that is nice. Yeah, he's got. So for some reason, the, I guess the Doctor uses um, a spray bottle, window cleaner to yeah. bring a guy back to life. So do we want to talk about like what, what the actual page or what the actual photo is here? Because there's I, also Santa Claus. Yeah, and there's uh, a guy in like a pied outfit behind or beside him, and a guy in winter camo beside him. This is a, this is a Boxing Day. This is it's not Boxing Day. This is what this is what the Brits are doing with their extra day off around Christmas. Why don't we do this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. Why do they waste their day doing this? Sky, we're seeing this from the other from opposite angle. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think this seems like a wonderful way to spend the time. This looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, the word mummer is sometimes explained to derive from, or sometimes explained to derive from Middle English mum for silent or Greek momo, mask, <laughs> but in, is most likely to be associated with early New High German mummer or sure. disguise person. And 
vermumen to wrap up, disguise, to mask one's faces, which itself is derived from or came to be associated with mummin, the first attested already first attested already in Middle High German by a prohibition. I don't. I don't understand what. I don't understand. What, <laughs> I don't understand what the sentence means. It's okay. And mumma the yeah, mumashans. Just throwing dice. Weird. Yeah, it's a way to play dice. What? Yeah. Um, mummers and geysers <laughs> plays were formerly <laughs> performed throughout much of English-speaking Great German and Ireland, spreading to other English-speaking parts of the world, including Newfoundland, the and Saint Kitts and Nevis. Sure. There are a few surviving traditional teams of mummers in England and Ireland, but they have been there have been many revivals of mumming, often associated <laughs> nowadays with Morris and sword dance groups. Cool. Um, so they they go into a few different variations of this stuff, uh, and in England around Sheffield and nearby parts of northern Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. A dramatized version of the well-known Derby Ram folk song, known as the Derby Tup, another Ooh. word for ram. You have a three-letter word, and you need another three-letter word to refer to it? I mean, hey. yeah. It, that's how English does, Tim. Yeah. That's uh, what we do in English. <laughs> performed since at least 1895 by teams of boys, the brief play is usually introduced by two characters, an old man and an old woman, uh, quote, me and our old lass unquote owd old old lass the mm. tub was usually represented by a boy bent over forwards covered with a sack and carrying a broomstick with a rough <laughs> wooden sheep's head attached the tub was killed by a butcher and sometimes another boy held a basin to catch the quote unquote blood there's a sheffield version where the tub is killed and then brought back to life by the doctor I just like how they have I like how they have healers and all these things like I'm, that is nice it's usually hard to find someone who who wants to do support and <laughs> in the mummer thing, everyone's like, oh, we got to have a doctor bring someone back. I am really confused by this whole tradition. This seems just bonkers, but I, but I, it sounds like fun. Uh, I do find one, uh, one thing here in the overview about the doctor, uh, broadly comic performances, the most common type of the most common type features a doctor who has a quote, magic potion able to resuscitate the vanquished character. So that's like, that's a literal thing that like, it's just accepted. They have magic potions. That's what it is. That's just what, it, that that's part of the whole process. Hmm. Oh, and that's the spray bottle. The guy just has a spray bottle. Yep. Oh, wow. Can I have, can I have that spray bottle? Oh, this is great. Bloomers, huh? Yep. Bloomers. pants indeed <laughs> specifically i mean oh man this is a really particular yeah. article of clothing um mystery plays Ooh. <laughs> i mean halloween's here I mystery play wrong. called what's beneath the bloomers no <laughs> i there's not it's not a mystery we know it's fine we we got what? it. What? Oh, you you're you're short. <laughs> uh, rapper dances. There's a lot of things mm. here that I want to click that have nothing to do with pants. 
I mean, or they might, and you just I mean, don't realize I, it. I feel like there's actually going to be precious few things on this page that are actually going to have to do with pants. Yeah. You might need to make a couple hops. I mean, Sky, my entire my entire strategy for like the last several episodes uh, has just been get lucky randomly like five yeah. pages in. <laughs> Effective strategy. <laughs> or, or, or one page in, I guess. I'm going to so, click on pace egging. Oh, good. What? Pace egg play. <laughs> so let's see. Pace eggers. Yep. Oh wait, let's. Did we did we go by the local? Did we go over the local names? No, I. I sorry, I, I put a pin in that. I wanted to come back to yeah. it. Known as mummers or geysers, also by local names such as rhymers, pace eggers, solars, tip tiers, mm. ren boys. Ren Gaioshins. I like Ren Boys. Ren yeah. Boys is so good. Yep. And it's not hey, Ren, Ren Boys Boy. as in like Ren Fair. It's Ren W R E N. Like small birds. Yep. Small <laughs> that are bird also boys. children. Yes. All right. So you're going to pace egg play. Okay. Jeez. Oh, well that Where are you going, Kyle? Oh, that's my that was my click now. Um uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I see it now. We got a couple pacegas here. Okay. <laughs> um, you sure you don't I'm, want to do some wassling? I mean, kind you of, but you don't no. want a Ren boy instead. Is that clickable? You Wait. want a tip tier? Oh, the Julian calendar is. <laughs> uh, string bands. Um, oh, geez. There's a whole bunch of. Just names of like folk artists down at the bottom too, uh, but I doubt any of them will have anything to do <laughs> with with bloomers. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm thinking that the best option here is going to be something along the lines of like trying to find continuous like uh, uh, like holidays or something like that that has to do with like particular costumes and i think i might just go with halloween that's on here isn't it I believe so yes yeah i think i am i'm gonna click on halloween that's a good Thank call it's a good pool oh, okay, okay tim we got it uh pace egg plays <laughs> they're the easter thing of this medieval mystery play yeah it's rural english culture Tradition was once wide spent throughout England, but now nobody does it because reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, there's. It doesn't say that here, but. Oh, yes. okay. I was going to say because there's no doctor in these, but there is. Yeah, there's a mock combat. Yeah. Often, they, they use Quack Doctor here. Ooh. Some of whoa. the plays, the figure of St. George smites all challengers and the fool. Tosspot rejoices. <laughs> His name is Tosspot. You're Toss kidding Pot. me. That's not real. Uh, many pace egg plays died out after the Great War, when many of the men who took part in them were killed in action. Oh, oh. that's ironic. Well, <laughs> that is slightly. Doctor yeah, couldn't bring them back. Yeah, we lost all our doctors. That's true. I'm sure someone appreciates that dark humor. That's yeah. very good. There's nothing here that is interesting. Uh, I think I'm gonna click on fool. Oh, good. Fool stock character. It says. Yep. Yeah. 
the stock character is that what's yep yeah. cool in parentheses stock oh that's character. good all right um, halloween well i mean we know what halloween is right yeah. uh get your holla bloomers <laughs> your holla bloomers that's what it's that's in the first sentence right here holla bloomers uh halloween is a celebration uh Observed in a number of countries on 31st October, having this page having been written by someone in Europe, the eve of Western Christian Feast of All Hallows Day. It begins the three-day observance, observance of All Hallowtide, the time of the liturg- liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, martyrs, and the faithful departed. Um, yeah, so again, I know we've been to this page already. I remember it because I remember this photo that I will be sharing with you. Um, I'm fairly certain that we used this in one of our, in one of our intros and it is unmistakable. What we got here. It is just a traditional Halloween turnip. Oh yeah. Uh, I I want to give him a name. So traditionally pranksters. (laughs) <clears throat> Traditionally, pranksters used hollowed-out turnips or mangle wurzels, which, I'm not kidding, seems to be a real thing, uh, often carved with the grotesque faces as, as lanterns. Yeah, mangle wurzel is the name of this. It's a beat. It's just a beat. Why don't they call it that? Uh, by those who made them, the lanterns were variously said to represent the spirits or used to ward off evil spirits. Which one is it, guys? Um, who knows? Yeah, who, who indeed. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, Tim, don't scroll too far down, because sure. I want to ask you both uh, just one or two questions here, because they have just a line or so in here. Uh, according to a 2018 report from the National Retail Federation, how many Americans in 2018 will buy Halloween costumes for their pets? How many? many? How many? Um, <clears throat> this isn't an opening game. You guys can just shout it out. 10,000. 32%. <laughs> uh, you're both. You're 32%? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> I was just saying, like, the same number of baby boomers that are turning oh. 65 <laughs> today. <laughs> Uh, 30 million Americans wow. will be spending money on Halloween costumes for their pets. How much will they be spending total? How much money do they does the oh, National Retail no. Federation think they will spend on pets in 2018? Like that times what? 20? I'm not helping you with this Average one. Average of $20? <laughs> <laughs> so what is that? 26 million? Million? <laughs> I can't, I, I can't oh my gosh this, i can't keep all these stats in my head i can't believe you sky <laughs> is that was it is that what, it what are you going with 26 million i guess no okay no that would be if if all of their costumes cost less than one dollar there's 30 oh. million americans oh there's doing 30 this. million Four million. So two hundred and sixty million. Thanks, thanks, Tim. No, you're welcome. It's four hundred and eighty million, which is wow. almost exactly twenty times thirty. Dang. You are you you about had it right. They're they're estimating everyone's going to spend about twenty dollars on their dog. <laughs> That's wild. 
this is up from an estimated 200 million in 2010. 200 million! Hey, guys, what are the most popular uh, costumes for the pets? Cats. N- costumes. Dressing Costume. your dog up as a cat. Oh, that's good, but no. Uh, Dressing your cat as a dog. Make them miserable. One of, I can tell you right now, one of the top three here, because they give they give the top three. One of them I saw today when we were going on a walk. It's a lion? Uh, no, although that's always good. Devil? Panda. No. Have you ever seen a dog dressed as a panda? A veterinarian? No. I'm sure it's very cute, though. It is. It's oh, adorable. veterinarian's good, but it's not. It's not that. The most popular are the pumpkin as number one. Boo. Oh. The hot dog, which we saw today, a dog dressed as a hot dog, and the bumblebee <laughs> in third place. <laughs> they actually specifically. The thing that is wild about this is that they include like a the in front of each of them, so it is like. The archetype of the pumpkin. Oh, wow. The, the archetypal hot dog and like the platonic uh, bumblebee. <laughs> Tim, I'm not clicking. <laughs> so click you it. <laughs> it's so disturbing. It's wonderful. <laughs> so Tim just sent me a video. <laughs> oh, no. That shot's <laughs> real bad. Of what I can only assume don't is look a at, dog. Don't look, don't look at the shot. Dog. It's 16 seconds in. It's very bad. It's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Tim sent me a video. I know exactly which one you're talking about too. And then the other that one is, is the other one is delightful. <laughs> the last one is delightful. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is just a bunch of dogs dressed up like pandas. Yep. <laughs> the last one of which has a very slow mo turn to the camera. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I was hoping that I would get like some different talk about. About the actual costumes, not like I didn't think they were gonna like break down what they were what they were, but like, hmm. <laughs> Here's the other thing, is that the three most popular costumes for for dogs, mm-hmm. um, they're linked here, so I could just like get to hot dog or bumblebee, but neither of those are useful. Keep that in the back. Neither of them wear bloomers. I mean, they should. Yeah. Um. Can you imagine bumblebees? Yeah, can you imagine bumblebees in in bloomers? I mean, bloom. (laughs) Yes, thank you. This is the uh, theme and topic of my favorite Beatles song. Bloomer bees? I don't know. It just seems like something they would do. It does actually sound (laughs) like that. Stuff. (laughs) Thank you. I I like it. You threw that joke out there and just hoped that it would just keep moving. (laughs) Please, (laughs) please move along. (laughs) Die. The animals are very Just tired. On the power, on <laughs> the power of its own. Please move along. Did I ever tell you guys this story? No. What? Years ago, we went and visited our friends Carrie and James in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. We went to the Louisville Zoo. And they had a walkabout uh, exhibit portion, right? Okay. Yeah. Australian animals. You walk around this path, this little loop, and you can like. There's wallabies and kangaroos and stuff, and like they're just running around, like they're just out there. So I <laughs> yeah. let a few people in at a time, like a few groups. Okay. And the guy that was running it was awful. <laughs> I think he'd like never done it before. He's probably like filling in for somebody. He just didn't know what he was doing. And like he was bringing in groups of like three or four people at a oh time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so okay. like 
it was just like this big backup to get into this thing. And um we were stuck in this we were stuck waiting for a while and eventually we get in there and like the guy knows that he's like kind of goofed. Mm-hmm. So he's like we're like trying to enjoy you know, you can finally get in there and we're trying to enjoy it. Like, oh look at the wallabies. Like, let's stop here and like look at the wallabies, take a picture of them. And he's just like, Please move along. Please, please move along. <laughs> it's it's hot. The animals are tired. <laughs> please, move, please move along. And like we're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. So we're like he's having us like hoof it through this and like we're just like missing all the animals. We get out there and it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, the animal, the Australian outback animals is too hot for them on this like eighty degree day. Yes, but it was very, it was very good. Oh, I mean, it's. I mean, it would be too hot for them. They don't know how to do the conversion. They 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 think eighty degrees is like burning up. Yeah, that might, um, that might be true. So whenever, <laughs> whenever that comes up, I always think about that. Anybody saying, like, please move, go ahead, please move. The on. animals are very tired. They're very tired. Um, so Halloween costume is linked on here and I don't know if that's going to get me any closer here, but that's what I'm clicking. All right. I I feel like I'm just making a lateral move at this point, just, but just costume Halloween costume. It's Halloween at the top. Costume. Gotcha. I, and yeah, that, I mean, there's no other link of costume on that page. All right. Let's, let's act the fool a silly stupid simpleton luckless fool is a butt of a num- of numerous jokes and tales all over the world jeez wow. yeah, i was just going to end on butt is <laughs> but. <a> butt <laughs> but. <laughs> but sometimes can you the change? Can you subscribe to a whole place <laughs> can you just edit it wise men of gotham oh wow um this one's going to be this is going to be a mean page yeah sounds it uh yeah. there's this uh, three men's of Gotham, which I guess is like a it's some other goose rhyme. Okay, and it's just three men of Gotham went to sea in a bowl, and if the bowl had been stronger, my song would be longer. Oh wow! Yep, there's yep. an amazing statue here of Weird Al Yankovic that I'm very into. <laughs> um, uh, but there's also you know, so you have you have just stupid fools. I guess, in a lot of culture and literature across the world. But then you also have the wise and clever fools. (laughs) Many tales are based on the idea that a simple nature of a fool is a a guise of wisdom, (laughs) or even the wisdom itself. I like that. Makes you think. (laughs) On the other hand... What? I just just got what you said about the statue that you just... (laughs) Yes. It's not really Weird Al Yankovic, but it no. definitely looks like him. And it's just it's you actually fooled pose. me for a bit. Cause yeah. There you go. <laughs> for like a half second, I was like, yeah, it's Weird Al Yankovic. Why would someone do that? And then I read the description. And the description says German jester depicted it. <laughs> like, oh, did, my, okay. Did you the two class, the two categories of jester? No. Natural fools. Oh. People who lack social awareness and could occasionally utter the truth simply being unaware of social conventions and licensed fools <laughs> often pick to be jester for their physical handicap and they're telling the truth is simply part of the job description. <laughs> Man, I'm just wow. doing my job here, wow. bud. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yep. The mask of the fool may be used to utter wise but unpleasant truths. Oh my I'm gosh. really Shakespeare. Shakespearean fool is here as like a main article, which I guess makes sense. Okay, yeah. but I definitely expected to see him here. 
Um, heroes, villains, and fools. Well, some characters are archetypal fools. At the same time, the, the coordinates hero, villain, fool may be seen as major measures of any character. Sometimes these traits mix or boundaries are blurred. It's like Sokka from The Last Airbender. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's the first one Go I ahead. thought of. Um, there's not a ton here, actually. That's pretty much this whole page. Besides some things we're not really going to go into because they seem racist. Yeah, actually, so, yeah. The the subcategory or the subheader is uh, racist and other <laughs> descriptive joke series. So, uh, Mark of a Fool takes me to Jest- Jester. I think I'm going to do that. Mark of a Fool or Mask of a Fool? Sorry. The math. You have, you have the mark of the fool. Fool mark. I mean, that's the natural. That's the natural. Uh, fool mark is my fool. favorite greeting card company. <laughs> good. Mark. Very fool good. Mark. Uh, I'm gonna click on the mask of the mask of the fool. Take me jester because they wear bloomers. Kind, kind of. of. Kind All of. Right. Yeah, I suppose that's not wrong. Halloween uh, costumes. Halloween costumes are costumes worn on or around Halloween. A festival which falls on October 31st, which is the, which make, marks this as a page written by an American. An early reference to wearing costumes at Halloween comes from Scotland in 1585, but they may predate this. Who knows? No one does. <laughs> Certainly not Wikipedia. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a weird page. It doesn't really have a whole lot of information about, like... I don't know why this is its own page. Like... Why the Halloween costume is not just a subset on the Halloween page or the costume page. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 what I have to say about this because I don't really want to read a lot of this because some of what's on here is kind of racist and then also kind of sexist and I don't want to go into it. I just want to talk about it, you guys. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think we all should understand that. I mean, obviously, of course. Right. People talking about these things are going to be racist and sexist. So here we are. Oh, I wish I had come up with a better idea. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I just don't even know. I do not even know what to go from here. I sort of want to go back. <laughs> like I sort of want to move back <laughs> yeah. to the previous page. Um, just the, Just costume is on here, which is sort of okay, but it's not... Like, that's not actually getting me where I want to go either. I mean, uh, maybe something that might wear bloomers? You know what? I am going to go back one page. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Halloween. All right. All right. I can't remember how yes, this works. Sir. Is that your move then? And then we... Oh, well, I do have an, another link on Halloween that I w- would like to go with. I can't remember either. Okay. Tim, you're the, you're, the, you're the host tonight. You get to decide... <laughs> Um, yeah, go for it. All right. I'm clicking on scarecrows. Okay. Scarecrows don't wear bloomers, Kyle. I'm working on it. All right. A lot of them don't wear pants at all. Look, look, you guys are going to be, you're going to be glad that I did. Just take my word for it. All right. Uh, A jester, court jester, or fool. Historically an entertainer during the medieval and renaissance eras. Remember the household of a nobleman or a monarch, and he did. He was silly. Um, <laughs> they often wore brightly colored clothes and eccentric hats, which is linked. 
in a motley pattern, and their modern counterparts usually mimic their costume. Uh, gestures entertain with a wide variety of skills. Principal among them were song, music, and storytelling. But many also employed air- acrobatics, <laughs> uh, aerobatics, <laughs> acrobatics, juggling, telling jokes, and magic tricks. Much of the entertainment was performed in a comic style, and many gestures made contemporary jokes in word or song about people or events well known to their audiences. Great. <laughs> uh, there's a lot here. We got a Shakespearean fool, but I'm already here. And I think I don't really know how it's going to get me closer to these pat these pants. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's buffoon here as a separate thing. Uh, in a similar vein, a buffoon is someone who provides amusement through inappropriate appearance or behavior. Amusement. Amusement. <laughs> no, that's a cow. That's a cow that is a buffoon. Oh. Uh, originally, the term <laughs> was used to describe a ridiculous but amusing person. The term is now frequently used as a derogatory uh, to describe someone considered foolish or someone displaying inappropriately vulgar, bumbling, or ridiculous behavior that is a source of general amusement. Dang. Um... The term originates from the old Italian buffare, 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 sure, uh, meaning to puff out one's cheeks. Yeah, I'm into yep. it. Cool, <laughs> makes sense. Um, huh? Geishas here. Yeah, in, I was just looking at that in Japan from the 13th to 18th centuries. The taikomochi, a kind of male geisha, attended the feudal lords. They entertained yeah. mostly through dancing and storytelling. Wow. And were at times counted on for strategic advice. Hmm. By the 16th century, they fought alongside their lord in battle. Oh, those sound like those sound like terrible ideas. Battle gesture. Yeah. No, don't nice. do that. It's getting to be an RPG. It's awesome. Actually, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Political satires on here. What? I'm not gonna click on that. Jesters doing? Yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. No. Um. I mean. Man, I guess would eccentric hats get me there? (laughs) (laughs) Where can't eccentric hats get you, Scott? I'm gonna click on cap and bells. Yep. See where it takes me. Okay, I should have expected this. Caps and bells. So I made made another mistake. Oh, really? But oh, oh, come on, Tim. (laughs) But. Did you know that scarecrows typically don't really have legs? Look, in these pictures, they do, for one. <laughs> oh, that's Two, terrifying. Isn't it? Two. Okay. <clears throat> uh, uh, the common form of scarecrow is a humanoid figure dressed in old clothes and placed in open fields to discourage birds such as crows or sparrows from disturbing or feeding on recently cast seed and growing crops. Yeah, we all all know that. Since the creation of of the humanoid scarecrow, more effective methods have been developed. On California farmland, highly reflective aluminized PET film ribbons are tied to the plants to make them shimmer from the sun. (laughs) (laughs) So just real shiny plants. Don't some birds like shiny things? I mean, some do. Specifically crows. But, you know. Uh, They didn't say this was effective, Tim. They just said it's a method. Another approach is using automatic noise guns <laughs> powered by propane gas. Um, and then one winery in one winery in New York 
uses inflatable tube men or air dancers to scare away the ver- birds. That's linked. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal wrote a story about this uh, this uh, winery in New York that uses air dancers. Uh, you know what an air dancer is? It's the the, uh, the inflatable guys like Wacky the wavy inflatable flailing tube man. Yeah, it's those. Um, so yeah, uh, this, this, uh, this place in New York is, is using those to, uh, to try to find or try to get, uh, scarecrows or try to get birds to stay away from their crops. I thought clothes would be on here, like just clothes in general, because I thought that might get me somewhere closer. You got Um, propane gas. (laughs) I also have John Cougar Melon Camp. (laughs) Got, yeah, about to say you got Michael Jackson. Oh my gosh, did he have bloomers? I don't think so, but you might I mean, be able to link to like MC Hammer. Oh my gosh, you're probably right. You're probably right. Batman. Uh, Batman bloomers. I don't think that's going to get me there either. Um, let's see. Oh, the Japanese village in Nagoro on the island of Shikoku in the Tokushima Prefecture has 35 inhabitants, but more than 350 scarecrows. Oh, that's a... Wow, yeah, that's a short people, story. I've heard this, because people keep moving out of that town. What? And they just... yeah, cause It's like a, like this you know old rural town that like nobody can really make a living in anymore. Yeah. Are, are we sure move that out, this is... But the people who remain, whenever someone moves out, they just sort of replace them with scarecrows. Uh! Okay, that's weird. I thought it was going to be like, oh, there's there were a lot of farmers, and they just didn't take their scarecrows with them. But yeah, that's that's unsettling. Are we doing... Are you sure this isn't the new... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Japanese writer... Uh, Mirakami. Uh, Mirakami, yeah. Are we sure this isn't his new new novel? Because... He just had one come out. It could be about this. Oh my gosh. He would, he would really like that, though. That sounds like something that is on brand mm-hmm. for him. Uh, okay, well, this is another bad idea that I've gotten myself into. <laughs> um, I mean, farmers are on here. Killing, wa- Killing Commodore, an epic homage to the great Gatsby. Sure. This is his new book. Mm, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to read that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll pass. Um, I think farmers might be my best choice or or like a man oh mannequin mannequins on here mannequins oh. wear clothes yeah, yeah. that's great clicking mannequin naked ones. i mean they that's fair <laughs> i suppose but yeah that's not a bad not a bad pull there oh thanks tim i appreciate that your approval you're welcome i am the host <laughs> oh this is terrifying i'm not clicking this tim what the, do you expect uh, with mannequins the headline, no, 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 your link about oh. from NPR. The headline on the story that link that Tim just linked us to is a dying Japanese village brought back to life, M dash by scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the in the uh, linked image for it, it's literally a bunch of people just hanging out on a porch. Except when you look closer at them, it's all frigging scarecrows. Yep. No, thank you. Speaking of mannequins, uh friend of the show, Joe, uh, recently went, was at one of those Sears that was going out of business. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> and they are selling their mannequins. Oh no, so he, you, he didn't. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> he, he just sent me the picture. He's like, "Hey, I have a mannequin now." <laughs> what? He visited last week and he brought it with him. What? And we set it up in the kitchen so that when Candace <laughs> got home, she'd be freaked out. I wonder why. He wasn't that freaked out. What's funny is like he's he's like, I got it just to be goofy, but I've also <laughs> I've also kind of spooked myself with it. <laughs> oh my god! Like because I'll like set it up in a different place before I go to work, and I'll get home from work, and I'll be like, ah. <laughs> wow. Why would you do this? I don't know. It's man. Uh, I approve of his. I approve of his of, of the gag, but also why? why? <laughs> uh. All so right. If you, need, if you need a mannequin, Sears has them. Oh, well, also he Joe. That, I could just bun- borrow from. There was a bunch of them there still. So I could just borrow from Joe. I can buy them. <laughs> Because right. it's super creepy to have a mannequin around. And like, it's a, I think he still paid like 80 bucks for it. Like, it's not like Are it's like... You've... Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I don't, e- I don't even know so what to do with to this. That's a lot to spend to just creep yourself out. <laughs> I mean... Well, he's getting his money's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cap and Bells. Cap There's and Bells. one link on this page. Are you ready for this description? <laughs> Cap and Bells. Me. Is a type of fool's cap, a cap with bells, worn by a <laughs> or jester. Wait, so which word of that is linked? Oh, I mean, jester's linked, but I mean, there's only one other link to go to. That oh, sorry. Yes, okay. Sorry. The cap and bells could be in the following forms. <laughs> Colon. Bullet. <laughs> with ass's ears and an ass's tail, often curling forward. With two horns or with coxcomb crest. Wow. Bells wow! Also added to the dangling sleeves. The bells announced the appearance of the gesture. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you. That's. I mean, you had to know that to know where they were. Yeah, you don't want that guy sneaking up on you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I'll bet that. What? I'll bet that's why. Like, you had one too many practical jokes before. They're like, "All right, that's it. Some put some bells on that guy." <laughs> yeah. Other fool, other forms of fool's cap in England were shaped like a monk's cowl with ass, asses ears. Asses ears. Asses ears. <laughs> they do. Asses ears do do that. You know? <laughs> uh, with a uh, like a monk's cowl with asses ears. A high pointed cap. Cap. <laughs> a high pointed <laughs> cap covered with bells, or a round cap with an imposing feather. <laughs> what? <laughs> An imposing feather. Do they have an image of an imposing feather? Oh, that's an imposing feather if ever I saw one. So, so of all those words, Kyle, which one do you think was linked? I'm saying bells. (laughs) You would think. No, no, it's coxcomb. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to hear what where this goes. Oh, rooster photos. All right, mannequin. Well, hold on. Before we move on, I need to know if they have a picture of an imposing feather. Is that? Do they have no, an example? No, I it's am, not included. They don't. I am so disappointed. <laughs> uh, mannequin, also called a mannequin. Dummy, lay figure, or dress form is often 
articulated is an often articulated doll. I mean, is it, it's articulated all the time, I guess used by artists, tailors, dressmakers, window dressers, and others, especially to, to display or fit clothing period. Uh, the term is used for life-size dolls with simulated airways used in the teaching of first aid, CPR, and advanced airway management skills, such as tracheal intubation, which is nothing. I never want to hear the phrase advanced airway management skill again in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a side effect that I did not foresee uh, in, on the mannequin page. Also hearing about CPR dummies, which are, is a whole section of this of this uh, page. Mm. Um, yeah, so they talk about the history of um, shop mannequins. Apparently, it uh, sounds like it, they go back, or at least as far as we can tell, to um, to the 15th century. So uh, they used uh, milliner's mannequins uh, to demonstrate fashions for customers. It's actually... Um, because of another history podcast I, I listened to, um, <clears throat> that's actually about when, like, when you could, afford, when the common person could afford buying like a a a, a piece of clothing. That I mean, it it would have to be. Um, it was still, you know, it was still handmade and everything, but uh, they they there were actually like houses, fashion houses, essentially. Uh, okay. like an actual store. And uh, so that, that's interesting that, I mean, of course that would be the, the time that that, beca- that they became popular. Uh, wirework mannequins were manufactured in Paris from 1835. So at least that far. Uh, although the first ones were made of paper, sh- paper mache, which would have been terrifying. Can we imagine that? Just like paper mache mannequins that just wearing clothes. I mean, and standing- they'd be easier to take out. <laughs> I am just creeped the heck out by this page. I just am. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that this was a problem for me, but apparently I'm terrified. By uh, a lot of people do actually have this fear. Yeah. So uh, here, Sky, you may not want to look at this being an actual parent, but okay. they have a baby mannequin here for um, CPR training. Oh, I had to touch these things. So. Oh, that's terrifying. I had to take CPR training. Oh, yeah. My mouth was all over that nose and mouth. A baby medical simulation mannequin. Its eyes are fused shut, and its mouth is kind of like wired open in a weird, like, uh, you know, face. Because, I mean, of course, you're trying to make it look like the baby is choking or needs resuscitating, but like, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't. I. Oh, it's terrifying. Um, of course, they have um, uh, in popular culture. There's a whole bunch of horror things in here, <laughs> whole bunch of them, uh, including the Twilight Zone uh, episode feature, uh, After Hours, which involves mannequins taking turns living in the real world, world as people. Ooh. Uh, there's like actually, a bunch. That's kind of cute. I was gonna say actually that one's not bad. <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> with that one. Um, there's. Uh, a whole bunch of Doctor Who in here, I guess. In Doctor Who, they're basically always evil. Um, the All 1987 right. film Mannequin tells a story of a man who falls in love with a mannequin that comes to life, which is played by Kim Cattrall. Mm. Um, so I have to text Stephen about that later, that I ran into a thing that has to do with Kim Cattrall because he likes her a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, this is... Hmm. <laughs> Oh, 
Commercials for the clothing store Old Navy sometimes use inanimate mannequins with voices dubbed in. Did they? Uh, although, I do want to talk about this. Um, they, they have military use in here, which is not something I suspected. So, military use of mannequins is recorded among the ancient Chinese, such as the Battle of Yongqiu, which I'm guessing it's spelling that, or pronouncing that, uh, Y-O-N-G-Q-I-U. Um, the, the besieged Tang army lowered scarecrows down the walls of their castles to lure the fire of enemy arrows. In this way, they've renewed their own supplies of arrows. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about that. That's a good idea. It, yeah. It's fantastic. And then uh, dummies were also used in the trenches in World War I to lure enemy snipers away from the soldiers. So, again, clever. Um. Yeah, so they have... Oh, this is terrifying. A CIA report describes the use of a mannequin, which they call a jack-in-the-box, as a counter-surveillance measure intended to make it more difficult for the host country's counterintelligence to track the movement of CIA, CIA agents posing as diplomats. A jack-in-the-box, which is a mannequin that represents the upper half of a human, would quickly replace a CIA agent after he left a car driven by another agent and walked away. So that any counterintelligence officers monitoring the car would believe that he is still in the car. Wow. That's that's some mystery. uh, Yeah, that's some Mission Impossible level stuff right there. Like, that's something I could see Tom Cruise trying to pass off as actually a thing. Uh, So with all of that, they actually only mention clothing twice on this page. Well. Somehow. And one of those links is just the word clothing, as in all clothing, all of it, just the entire collective term of clothing. Everything you've ever stuck on your body. So I'm just clicking clothing, I guess. Ooh, wow, this page is, we'll get to it. Well, Bloomers is not linked here. Anatomical comb. Anatomical comb, which is a fleshy growth or crest on the top of the head. Gallinaceous birds, such as turkeys, pheasants, and domestic chickens. Those gallant gallinaceous. Sure. That sounds like that sounds like a swear. (laughs) That sounds that no, that sounds like a Wes Anderson swear. There are there can be several fleshy protuberances on no, the heads and throats of <laughs> gallinaceous birds, <laughs> like combs or wattles, earlobes and n- nodules. <laughs> this is a great Dr. Seuss book, which collectively are called car carun carnicles. However, sure. in turkeys, carnicle refers specifically to fleshy nodules on the head and throat. Okay. I think you're making these words up at this point. I don't know, man. Um, it's a reliable indicator of health or vigor. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, in cookery, combs are used in cookery, often in combination with wattles or chicken kidneys. Uh, they're mm. used in French cuisine as garnishes. Uh, sure. That's, oh, that's terrible. Um, single, uh, there's a leg horn here. That has leg in it. I could click on that. <laughs> it might get you to foghorn. Yeah. 
I guess that's why that's his name, right? I think so. Yeah. They just. Get, I mean, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna click on cookery. I guess I need to like reset. Yeah. Yeah. Cookery. What takes you to cooking? Cooking. We got cooking and clothing. I mean, we're trying here, man. Yep. Uh, clothing, which is also known as, in parens here, clothes, apparel, and attire, in parens, is a collective term for items worn on the body. Just it. That's it. That's all. Uh, clothing can be made of textiles, animal skin, or other thin sheets of materials put together. This is so... Uh, the wearing of clothing is mostly restricted to human human beings and is a feature of all human societies. The amount and type of clothing worn depend on body type, social, and geographic considerations. Some clothing can be gender specific, which is not true. Um, <clears throat> uh, physically, clothing serves many purposes. It can serve as protection from the elements uh, and can enhance safety during hazardous situations such as hiking and cooking. Oh, I could get to cooking too. There you go. Uh, steal your page out right out from under your sky. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it protects the wearer from rough surfaces, rash causing <laughs> plants, insect bites, splinters, thorns, and prickles by providing a barrier between the skin and the environment. That's Flame very throwers. specific. Very yeah. dull knives. yes yeah well no armor would be clothing under this under this definition yeah there you go clothing also protects us from ultraviolet radiation whoa okay uh oh okay wearing clothes is a social norm and being deprived of clothing in front of of others may be embarrassing great thank you okay uh well Oh, oh my gosh. They don't credit this to the Greeks and Romans. Good. Somehow. First one to figure out clothing. Uh, there is no easy way to determine when clothing was first developed, says says Wikipedia. Greeks and Romans are like, nah, dog. We s- got this. You seen our Man. statues? <laughs> we, clo- we got clothes. Uh, but, but some information has been inferred by studying lice which estimates the introduction of clothing at roughly 42,000 years ago. For, I'm sorry, 42,000 to 72,000 years ago. Wow. That is cited four times. Mm. That seems remarkably late, but cool, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I just... Hmm, 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 hmm. I don't know where to go from this page because, like... I I have the problem of this being there's just so much. I mean, literally, here's one sentence where almost every almost every word in the list is linked. Humans have been ingenious devising clothing to environmental or other hazards, such as spacesuits, air conditioned clothing, armor, diving suits, swimsuits, beekeeper gear, motorcycle leathers, high high visibility clothing, and other pieces of protective clothing. All of that's linked. There you go. I could take any of those. None of those are bloomers. And bloomers are not listed anywhere on this page. Trousers are listed, but that's oh. not but that's not bloomers. That's it's close. In, in, yeah. yeah. But in this on this page, they specifically say it's the male it's exclusively male, which I disagree with intensely. Um huh. skirts, 
I guess are close to bloomers. Um, but that's on here. Skirts are here. Um, they, uh, they have men's skirts. I don't know why they have to specify, but here they are. Um, I just, ah, oh, there's, I have too many options at this point now. Oh, too many options. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy had, this guy had one. This guy's looking at pictures of donuts. I mean, you're still, this is still, you're not convincing me that you don't have the better page. Um, oh man. Okay. So there's active wear. No blue jeans. No colonialism, which I mean, of course, uh, national dress. Spandex. Great. Okay, good. Uh, that that's how that's talking about how we use leotards for gymnastics specifically in case you were curious what about gussets fashion shows are events for designers to show off new and often extravagant designs oh oh gown is on here oh that's close leotards that's good gown is a possibility leotards are like anti-bloomers yeah i was gonna say that's the opposite tip um, hmm. I might have to go with with gown. That might be it. Polytetrafluoroethylene. Uh, no. Okay. You can't wash that stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm doing. Oh, quilt is on here. I could, I could do, I could win last week's. Uh... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm clicking gowns. Yeah. Gown. Yep, I guess that's what I'm doing. Okay, cooking. Uh, cooking or cookery is the art, technology, science, and craft of pre- prepping food for consumption. Um, it says that it's pre- preparing food with heat or fire is an activity unique to humans. It may have started around two million years ago, though archaeological evidence for it reaches more than reaches no more than one million years ago, which is a weird thing to think about. We're the only ones that do it. This is a big page. It has nothing to do with what we're supposed to be talking about. Right. Good. I'm going to home in on one section, and that's carbohydrates. Carbohydrates include the common sugar, sucrose. Um, a dis, what, What's that word? Di, dice, dice, disaccharide. Disaccharide. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And such simple sur- Who's, sugars. Um, who makes Smash Brothers? Yes. Yeah. Good. Please, Sakurai. Please, uh, Sakurai. And such simple sugars as glucose, made by enzymatic splitting of sucrose and fructose from fruit, and starches from sources such as cereal flour, rice, arrowroot, and potato. I'm gonna <laughs> click on starches. Potato. Not, potato. Not a bad idea. I'm going to starch. Oh wow, that's a good. That's a starch. good poll. Oh guys, this is this is such a just ridiculous. Uh, gown is a tiny page. <laughs> oh, no. Um, is a usually loose outer garment from knee to full length worn by men and women in Europe from the Middle Ages to the 17th century, um, and continuing today in certain professions. 
Uh, it says later gown was applied to any full length women's garment consisting of consisting of a bodice and attached skirt. Uh, that's really it. Um, nightgown is re- is referred here. Um, short gown is here. What's a what's hold on? The gowns were. Hmm. In the 17th century, women's gowns in the American colonies include trimming around the neck and down to the bodice, or in the case of an open gown, down front edges from hem to neck. Gowns may have borders... Okay, so that's the right time period. That's that's about where I want. Uh, gowns may have borders of silk, ribbons, and other decorations. Women in the American colonies... Yes, here we go. Wore short gowns. Great. As working clothing. <laughs> Good. Thanks. During working clothing and informal clothing during the 18th century, the gowns were T-shaped and inside godets, godet, godets, probably godets, uh, for additional volume. Ah, do I click short gown? Hmm. Uh, it's either, I either just want to go with skirt or short gown. Do I just do more specific gown? <laughs> well, you know, whatever gets you closer to like... Okay, I'm clicking like short gown. Undergarments. Yeah. Oh, good. This worked. Great. <laughs> Go ahead, Sky. Starch uh, is a bunch of glucose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the most common carbohydrate in human diets and is contained in large amounts of staple in staple foods. Very like good. potatoes, maize, rice, cassava. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we don't care about any of this stuff. This is actually a no, big no. page. We care about clothes. Closing starch. <laughs> clo- clo- Man, I'm tired. Clothing- Please tell me that you just rub a potato on your shirt and like that's how we discovered you could do this. <laughs> there you go. Clothing or laundry starch is a liquid prepared by mixing a vegetable starch in water. Uh, earlier preparations also had it just put a put a potato on it. I uh, was right. <laughs> no. Earlier nah. preparations also had, had to be boiled. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Sky, you're of clothes. You're just being a fool. Yes. Get that guy some bells. <laughs> That's not what bells do. <laughs> oh, I should be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Sky, if you had not said something, I would I would have just let that. I did not even think of it. <laughs> Starch was widely used in Europe in the 16th and 17th centuries to stiffen the wide collars and roofs of fine, le- fine linen, which surrounded the necks of the well-to-do. <laughs> During the 19th and early 20th century, it was stylish to stiffen the collars and sleeves of men's shirts. <laughs> And the ruffles of women's petticoats by applying starch to them as the clean clothes were being ironed. Starch gave clothing smooth, crisp, crisp, uh, crisp edges <laughs> and had, had an additional practical use. Dirt and sweat from a person's neck and wrists would stick to the starch and the fibers of the clothing. The dirt would wash away along with the starch. After laundering, the starch would be reapplied. Today, oh. starch is sold in aerosol cans for home use. Just stick a potato in a can. <laughs> <laughs> Shake it up. 
bottle rattle. <laughs> you just get julienne fries and you hit the button. Yeah. Why don't they sell that? <laughs> Why don't they sell that? Like, right. like what? Like aerosol potato slicers? Yes, I would buy this. Oh yeah, duh. Dusk. I just googled potato in a can. I'm like, I'm gonna get some wild stuff. <laughs> I just got canned potatoes. The internet's like, nope, not this time. We got nothing. Target's got them for ninety nine cents. Ooh. Yeah. Woo. I'm clicking on petticoats. I guess petticoats is the closest here. Sky, I'm so mad at you right now. Yeah. Because because petticoats is on this page too, and I was gonna click it. Damn, son. You've been swerved I'm, on. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm oh, I'm so upset. After two weeks or after two episodes of, of randomly getting the right link, I've had it. It, it <laughs> the tables have been turned. Yes. Uh, a bed gown or nightgown or short gown or bed jacket is an article of women's clothing for the upper body, usually thigh length and wrapping around in front. That's not the upper body. I'm just telling you, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, bed gowns of lightweight printed cotton fabric were fashionable at home or m- morning wear in the 18th century uh, over context or over time uh, in this context called short gowns. Bed gowns became the staple upper garment of British and American female working class streetwear from 18th to 19th century worn over petticoats and often topped with an apron. Oh, jeez. Yep. What do I do now? What? Because, I mean, like, robe is on here. Modesty is on Modesty. here. Negligee. I'm not clicking negligee. <laughs> We're a family podcast, Tim. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Hold on. Okay, you know what? Wait, what is this? Ah, <laughs> uh, there, there is one here that I don't recognize at all. Made of sturdy cotton, linen or linen wool or Lindsay Woolsey. Lindsay Woolsey. Which is a uh, I'm going to use context to decide is probably a kind of fabric. Uh, the bed gowns well, were cut to a T-shaped pattern. Well, Kyle. What? They could be made of linen. Okay. They could be made of wool. Or they and could be made of Lindsay Woolsey. Lindsay Woolsey. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't know what to do now. And the girl next door was Lindsay Woolsey. Good. You pulled the petticoat right out from under me, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Yoink. Sexy. Oh, jeez. Do I do? They <laughs> <laughs> parted the kimono. Uh, um, jeez, do I click apron? <laughs> like, I like how this is like a very because I only have like a couple links to work with at this point. Yep. Cotton is a possibility. Oh no, cotton's not even linked. Yeah, it is. Oh, is Second it? Second line. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I see that cotton. Okay, so there's two of them. Um. Oh, jeez. Petticoats was what I wanted, though. Um, yep. I guess I'll try linen. Linen. I, I'm assuming they're made of linen. Linen, the other fabric of our lives. Yeah, I'm going to do linen. Petticoat. 
Petticoat Junction. Petticoat. It's an underskirt. Oh, it was actually a Petticoat Junction. We junked, like, our runs came together at that. This is true. (coughs) Its precise meaning varies over centuries and between countries. What? What is the Petticoat? (laughs) It's been with us all along. Through the hit, through the story of <laughs> mankind, according to the Oxford English Dictionary in current British mm. English, a petticoat is a light, loose undergarment hanging hanging from the shoulders or waist. In okay. modern American uses, petticoat refers only to a garment hanging from the waist, a half slit. In okay. historical contests, contact contests. I mean, contests too, probably. Yeah, sixteenth and mid nineteenth centuries. Petticoat refers to a separate skirt worn with a gown, bedgown. Bodice or jacket? Bodice? Bodice. Or jacket. Yeah, bodice. Bodice. Uh, These petticoats are not, strictly speaking, underwear, as they were made. (laughs) In both historical and modern contexts, petticoat refers to skirt like undergarments worn for warmth or to give the skirt or dress the desired fashionable shape. Cool. Cool. Nice job. Uh, there's a bunch of history. Uh huh. Is any of it meaningful? Talking about the spelling of petticoat. Uh, not very interesting. Good. In the early 19th century, dresses became narrower and simpler, with much <laughs> less lon- lingerie, including invisible petticoats. Whoa! Whoa! Then, what? As the waltz became popular in the 1820s, a full skirted full skirted gowns with petticoats were revived in Europe and the United States in the Victorian area. In the Victorian, area. <laughs> the Victorian area. I am so off tonight. <laughs> petticoats were used to give bulk and shape to the skirts worn over the petticoat. By the mid 19th century, petticoats were worn over hoops. What? Hoops. Hoops. Oh no! As petticoats the were worn by, while playing hoops. As, as the bustle <laughs> became popular, petticoats developed flounces towards the back in the 1870s petticoats were worn in layers oh, colored wow. petticoats came into fashion in the ni- 1890s uh yeah um there's a thing here in popular yep. culture da, 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 da. Uh, early feminists disparaged it oh no uh they disparaged wait no, the early feminist Mary Walsencraft was famously disparaged by Horace Wal- Walpole. Oh no! Why did I forget that there was a move? It's part of the feminist movement. That's why bloomers were a thing. Oh no! Yep, as a hyena in petticoats, which is wild. Sure, people yep. are terrible. <laughs> uh, bloomers is here somewhere. Where was it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I like skipped over it. Uh, in the early 20th century, petticoats were circular, had flounces and buttons in which women could attach additional flounces to the garment. Bloomers were Flounce also touted as a replacement for petticoats when working and by fashion reformers. One, I am embarrassed that I forgot Oof. about that. <clears throat> Two, ah! <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I should have remembered that early on because I could have just gone... Back on this. Man. Because when you were at Halloween costume, there was Susan B. Anthony as a Halloween costume. Oh, you're costume. kidding me. No, I, I'm totally kidding you. That's, oh, good. Okay. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know, Tim. <laughs> Wikipedia is a weird place. Congratulations, Sky. They linked Thanks. bumblebees on that page. <laughs> this is true. 
Yeah, congratulations, guy. Well done. Yeah. Bloomers. Also, also called, called the Bloomer. The Bloomer. <laughs> Turkish dress, the American dress, reform oh, right. dress, or the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. Nice. Or, no, not that. Divided women's garments for the lower body. They never agree on anything. One, no, actually, Tim, it, one, one leg always tells the lies, another, and the other leg always tells the truth. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except in I'm some people's it. case, in which, yeah, in which I guess neither of them would ever tell a lie. <laughs> Did you, you ever see that someone uh, came up with this thing that's like that one person always tells the truth, one person always tells a lie, and the person asks, are you two friends? <laughs> and they both say yes. And the other guy goes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, appre- I like that one a lot. That's good. <laughs> uh, they take their name from the best-known advocate, the women's rights activist, Amelia Bloomer. Oh, wait, you're kidding me, right? I didn't no. know that. I actually did not know that either. Tim, you picked this page. It didn't mean I read it. <laughs> I just saw bloomers. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like mummers. I'm in Good. the money. Oh, do we want to do we want to talk about your page, Kyle? No, linen. I don't want to talk about linen. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll come back to it someday. I'm sure. Let's talk about I mean, the great bloomer craze of 1851. Oh, please Shelby. tell me in all February about it. 1851. Elizabeth Smith Miller of Petersboro, New York, wore the Turkish dress to Seneca Falls, New York, home of Amelia Bloomer and her temperance journal, The Lily. The next month, Bloomer announced. The next month, Bloomer announced to her readers that she had adopted the address, the dress, and in response to many inquiries, printed a description of her dress and instructions on how to make it. By oh June, gosh. many newspapers had dubbed it the Bloomer Dress. Amazing. Weird. During the summer of 1851, the nation was seized by a Bloomer craze. <laughs> Health reformer Mary, <laughs> Mary Gove Nichols drafted a Declaration of Independence from the despotism of partisan fashion and no, gathered... No, Parisian. Parisian <laughs> fashion. Oh my gosh, partisan that's even fashion. better. <laughs> partisan fashion. And gathered signatures to it at lectures on women's dress. What? At, Managers of the textile mills in Lowell, Massachusetts, gave a banquet to, for any other female workers who adopted the safer dress before July 4th. Are you kidding me? In Toledo, wow. Ohio, 60 women turned out in Turkish costume at one of the city's grandest social events. It's not, we're not going to tell you what it is, no. even though it's cited. Bloomer I balls. Mean, and No, Sky, that's Ohio <laughs> for balls. you. Like We're not going to, you know... <laughs> Just trust us. It was a really grand. It was social really event. big. It was really grand. Stop. Just take take my word for it. Okay. Bloomer balls and bloomer picnics were held. Dress reform societies and bloomer institutes were formed. This is incredible. This is great, but it's so funny. A grand oh, festival it. in favor of the costume was held at New York City's Broadway t- Tabernacle in September. In August, a woman who had spent six months sailing from Philadelphia around the Horn to California with a reform dress packed in her trunk, disembarked to find that the dress had preceded her and was being displayed in the window of a San Francisco dress shop. Wait, the same oh, no. dress that she had in her... How did it yeah, get Yeah, how did that... What? Come on, Wikipedia. That's wild. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is wonderful. This is incredible. <laughs> I'm s- the cited story there is Bloomerism comes to California. Oh, I love it. Here. Bloomers and bicycles. In 1893, the Women's Congress of the World's Columbian Exposition revived interest in the bloomer as an aid in improving women's health through physical exercise. 
Their session on women's dress opened with Lucy Stone reminiscing about the bloomer movement of the 1850s. Oh, or extolling no. the bloomer as the cleanest, neatest, most comfortable, and most sensible garment she had Not ever wrong. worn. And young women modeling different versions of the dress. The following year, Annie Londonderry Cohen Kopchowski. Wow. That's donned a great the bloomer name. during her famous bicycle trip around the world. And an updated version of the bloomer soon became the standard bicycle dress for women during the bicycle craze of the 1890s. Everything was a craze. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. I'm sorry. Uh, in 1909, fashion designer Paul Poiret Paul attempted to popularize harem pants worn below a long flaring tunic. This attempted revival of fashion bloomers under another name did not catch on. Mm, well, sometimes it's just gotta, you just gotta let it be what it is. Yep. Can't force a, you can't force a craze. That's what, that's what they always say. All right. That is what well, they say. Thank, <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight on our journey from mummers to bloomers. Good job, Sky. Uh, with a detour through starches and cooking. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, you were just on fire wild, all night. Right? Yeah. It's the pretzel sticks. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to enjoy that. Is it? Is it the sticks? <laughs> if you enjoy hearing Sky chew on pretzel sticks, uh, oh, consider uh, subscribing to our podcast anywhere where your podcasts are found, or you can check out all of our library at wskbcast.blogspot.com. Also, check us out on Facebook, uh, just we should know better, or Twitter as wskbcast. And uh, if you'd like to leave a review for us, please do. We would enjoy that immensely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you guys would like to plug tonight? Uh, just these bloomers. They are. This sounds incredible. I just like the idea of a bunch of people like trying to like, uh, like them going out of style, and then and then like forty years later, they're like, you know what was really cool? Bloomers. And they're like, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got, I got something. Do you want to do you want to restart a bloomer craze, Kyle? No, well, I mean, not for me. I don't think it would work for me. But I mean, why not? Go for it. Knock yeah. yourself out. Uh, again, friend of the show Joe turned me on to a series called "Look Around You." Are you oh, familiar with this? It's a TV series, right? It sounds yeah. like yeah. It sounds like it's Tim like an old British Go, like yes. pseudo education. Yes, go it's good. Go into it. Completely blind. Go watch some episodes. Google it. Um, look around you. Watch a couple episodes. The one on I watched one on calcium is good. The one on math is good if you can find it. Okay. I just think that our audience would appreciate them. The way that you are saying that makes me think that I ought to just yeah. I'll just I'll just take your word for it. All right. Uh- I also think they might enjoy uh, Joe Para Talks With You, which is kind of similar, um, but does take a different kind of route, a little bit more wholesome and actually caring route. Uh, oh, and yes. that is available on Adult great. Swim. Yeah. Yes. Um, you can see the whole series for free right now on AdultSwim.com, I believe. Wow. Is this the live one or the cartoon one? The live one. Okay. Yep. Or does he just have, maybe it's just a cartoon special for like Christmas. Yeah, he has just like a YouTube video cartoon version. Uh, that's that's Joe Parrot talks you to sleep. <laughs> oh yes, aw, which is also really really worth watching too. I, I liked it as well. Yeah, that's just my kind of humor. All right, guys. All right, 
It's been fun. All right. Have a good night, Good night, you guys. Good night. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. I got to eat these pretzel sticks. Oh, Sky. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Taking a break. Taking a break. I just need a little oh. break. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, this is... This is... It's... WSKB tradition at this point. Oh my. Okay. Well, that one night where you had like a cookie Sunday. I'm still mad about that. I was so jealous. <laughs> yeah, both of us worked it. <laughs> Annoyed that you were making noise and then jealous at what you were eating. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Applebee's wants you to think that a cookie Sunday can't be a thing you can make, but you just make it. You just put a cookie, <laughs> ice cream, chocolate sauce, you got it. Yep. Uh, you got a stew there. Um, all right. Today at the zoo, they were selling. You could make your own s'mores. They had a fire, and they were selling like cookies to make to use on with the s'mores. So like, no, cho- big, that's... big chunk like chocolate chunk cookies. Oh my god! That you use instead of graham crackers. And it was like, why have we not? Why have we not done this? Because they melt. That's why. Because chocolate oh, yeah. chip cookies melt. That's why. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. But that said, I don't think that should stop you. Please continue doing that. <laughs> that sounds no. amazing. You got anything else uh, on that page? I mean, yeah, lots, but I don't want to read all of it, and a lot of it is very religious, and I'm trying to lean away from that here. So, um, which, you know, which is why I came to a very religious holiday. 